0: you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: welcome to the locked on kentucky podcast we bring you info and insights on uk football and basketball stay informed by making us part of your routine listen and follow for free on apple or google Podcasts. simply subscribe to locked on kentucky I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kyle, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. I know I enjoyed it, although here in Lexington, it sounded like uh, every account I've heard, every person has said it sounded like, uh, you know, the Tet Offensive, which I mean, it did. It was just nonstop from probably 9.30 uh, to 11.30, two hours of just nothing but fireworks noise.
0: Yeah, well, it's basically been that for like a month uh, where I live in Lexington. <laughs> it's just like every every night at between 9 and 10 o'clock, uh, stimulus money is being shot off the backs of porches all over Lex- Lexington. That's the only thing I can figure is like who's who's got the money to unleash 4th uh, of July quality fireworks for a month straight Um in their backyards, but that's, what's been going on. Uh, and so I can only, we, we weren't in Lexington for the actual fourth. So I didn't hear the, the official fireworks, but if, if the lead up was any indication, I would imagine the real thing was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it was the same here. I mean, uh, a Tuesday night, you know, after midnight I'm hearing fireworks go off, but I don't live too far from where, uh, someone is selling fireworks and, um, mm. I'm not going to say more about it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, We never got Kyle uh, around to talking about your survey that you did for the athletic. It was an article that came out prior to the 4th of July. Uh, You did a survey and asked several questions of the readers of the athletic who are fans of Kentucky and uh, several interesting questions. And finally the results came back. You had about 500 people who responded to the survey. And so I thought we would go over some of that uh for this podcast, and uh let's start with well we t- we talked about the that it's five hundred readers of the athletic, and then of those uh you had some some little breakdowns there of um like who who it was that actually answered this, like the demographics that's what I'm getting at
0: yeah 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 the the demographics kind of broke down I mean we didn't have a lot of really young. Uh, we didn't have a lot of really young um, respondents and we didn't have a lot of super old respondents. We had a lot of people in the 25 to 40 range. That was the bulk of the, of the people who responded. I I guess that's probably somewhere along the lines of the demographic of people that are even subscribing in the first place. Um, And so you, you know, naturally then one of the follow-up questions was when you became a Kentucky fan. And, and that also sort of falls in line with that timeline. Uh, what was it uh, forty forty seven point eight uh, percent during the Rick Patino slash Tubby Smith era? So the yeah basically the all of the nineties and the early two thousands um, kind of matches up with that demographic. And and interestingly, uh, Calipari was the smallest piece of that pie. Eight eight point four percent of the people said they became a fan during the John Calipari era, which speaks again not a lot of super young fans. Not a lot of people yeah. have become become for the first time fans in the last decade. Um, but they're probably, you know, if you if you ask this question, you know, 10, 15 years from now, there'd probably be a huge number of people, um, younger people who were sort of uh, reared in the uh, Kentucky tradition under the Calipari watch.
1: And no surprise that more of them, um, more passionate about basketball than football, like nearly 58% more passionate About UK basketball than football, but that left forty-two percent saying more passionate, which was about sixteen percent, or equally as passionate, which was close to twenty-seven percent. Which yeah, that's
0: yeah, that that's a solid chunk of people that that football is very important to. Um, And that actually that number maybe surprised me a little bit. And I think I think that number. Um, you know, forty forty-two 42% who are at least equally passionate about football and ba- as basketball at UK, that number. And then the number, the, uh, the Mark Stoops job satisfaction number, uh, and the expectation level of getting to the sec championship game, those, yeah. those results, uh, to me really spoke to how much Stoops has moved the needle there. I mean, 71% uh, of people, Thought it was realistic in the next five years for Kentucky to make it to the SEC championship game of football. Um, you know, all of those, I think there was some some more some realism uh, because only eighteen or sixteen percent thought they could it was realistic to expect them to win the SEC championship game because getting there is huge. It's it, it means yeah. taking out Georgia, which is no easy feat. But but getting there and then winning the thing means you beat some juggernaut out of the west, <laughs> um, right? And that's a whole other. Uh, deal, but but the fact that seventy one percent of people thought, yeah, it's 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 reasonable to expect Kentucky to get there in the next five years. If you had done this three years ago, even right, you know, four years ago, if you did it, you know, if you did it at the end of the Joker Phillips era or in the first couple of years of the Stoops era, I'm not sure anybody would have said it was reasonable to happen in the next five years or ever. Um, and so that that has definitely changed under Stoops.
1: Well, essentially what you're saying is if you get to the SEC championship game, you're a win away from being in the college football playoff. And so then how many people think that you can actually be in the college football playoff and be a national championship contender, be one of the four or five teams that could win a national championship? Is that reasonable in the next five years? Had you posed it that way, I wonder if the numbers would have been different just based on the way the question comes across, you know?
0: Yeah because yeah because you, that as it is you have to sort of assume that or you have to sort of come to that conclusion but you are right. I mean at this point the way the SEC's been going for a lot you know a long time now. I would say a decade but even more than a decade. Um, if you're the SEC champion you're one of the you know viable national title contenders. I mean rare has been the moment that the SEC's not in that conversation. Um if not winning the thing, uh, most years the SEC yeah. is in the championship game. Um, so yeah, if you, if if you get there, like you said, if you get to the title game, you're you win one more and you're the SEC champion. And the SEC champion most years uh, is one of the you know I would say at worst one of the six best teams in the country. Um, yeah, yeah. No, do we do we do does anybody think Kentucky? in the next five years, can be can finish a year as one of the six best teams in the country, I mean, there's 16% of the people thought that it was reasonable to think they could do that, which is interesting.
1: Well, I'll tell you that, to me, the reason I put in there that Kentucky could get to a game, an SEC championship game, not win it necessarily, but get to it within the next five years, is the defense. And I can remember saying when – uh, Kentucky was looking for a replacement to Joker Phillips, that the difference between the haves and the have-nots in the SEC is defense. The ones who play really good defense are the ones that keep showing up um, in the championship game. Right. And so Stoops, uh, John Clay of Lexington Herald-Leader, he's been recently here putting out a Kentucky football stat of the day. And his today was uh, that in he had the rankings, the national rankings of total defense. Under Mark Stoops. And in 2013, as you can imagine, it was like 92nd in the country. Then 77th, then 59th, then 85th, then 92. So between 2013 and 2017, he was right back to 92nd in the country in total defense over that, what, five year period. But the last two seasons, 2018, 2019, 23rd during that 10 win season and 20th last season after losing a bunch of really good players on defense. So that right there is why I think because of the defense that Mark Stoops has built is that Kentucky has a chance to be in the SEC championship game in the next five years. And like you brought up in your article just two years ago at Kroger field, Kentucky and Georgia essentially played a semifinal for the SEC championship.
0: Yeah. They're not, you know, they weren't that far off two years ago. Um, Who knows what they could have done last year. Um, Could they have made a move last year if they, if Terry Wilson is healthy the entire season, you know, or if they, or if they move Lynn Bowden to quarterback, you know, day one after Terry Wilson goes down, maybe. Um, So I, I think some things would have to fall Kentucky's way. You know, Georgia has a down year. Uh, Or you know, I think we may have even talked about this scenario. You you could lose to Georgia and and then have Georgia lose to Florida and get you know have a year where they got to play Alabama or LSU or whoever out of the West. Yeah. Uh, You know, you you lose once and it's to Georgia, but Georgia loses twice and you get in the in the championship game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You know, it's
0: it it will be a tall order for them to just line up and beat Georgia when Georgia is Georgia (laughs) because you know what they've been lately is just. This juggernaut recruiting, um, and we talk about the challenge of once you get to the SEC championship game, you've got Alabama or LSU or Auburn or whatever. I mean, that's what Georgia is. I mean, Georgia is Alabama. Georgia is LSU. Yes, they are. Um, yeah. And so it's it, it beating them straight up will be tough, but there, you know, there are some other teams like like Florida that the talent level is not as big. That excuse me, talent gap is not as big. Uh, they could sneak up and beat beat Georgia. And like I said, they always got to play a couple teams out of the West every year. So that that's a, a you know, an opportunity uh, to get them too. So, you know, you don't I don't think you have to really stretch your imagination to see them getting in there one year, you know, in the next five.
1: Well, more questions we'll jump into when we return here on Lockdown Kentucky is how many more seasons without a final four appearance until John Calipari is on the hot seat? When will UK win its next national championship? What about that checkerboard pattern? Do you like it or do you hate it? Uh, all-time favorite UK football and basketball players, greatest UK football and basketball wins. All of that ahead when Locked On Kentucky continues. But first, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. From engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, if that's what you need for your vehicle, whether it's a classic car or just your daily uh, vehicle that you drive every day, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door and the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I don't know if you know this, but some of those auto part chain stores, they have two different price levels. If you are a professional mechanic, they have a lower price than they do for just a consumer. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, SUV. Write LOCKED ON in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
0: You are LOCKED ON, Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: All right, we're back here on LOCKED ON, Kentucky, and... Uh, Kyle, we were talking about football. Let's switch over to basketball. Your your survey of 500 Kentucky fans. And one of the questions, how many seasons without a final four appearance until John Calipari is on the hot seat? It's been since 2015. Uh, the choices were one, two, three, four, never. Four would mean that it he would be entering a 10th season without a final four appearance. To me, I think he goes nine seasons without making the final four and people start to rumble and grumble. And that's because of a question further on down in your survey where it said, what would you change about UK basketball? And you said the majority was some version of less roster turnover, um Fear you know players sticking around longer and less one and done. You combine the two things. And then I think you see, uh, some grumblings about, I'm tired of the Calipari way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already hear some of that. Uh, it's, I think it's right now, it's sort of the, you know, few and far between, uh, the, the folks that are kind of never happy. Um, but I, I do think there's some reason to get a little concerned, um, because it's been five years and it's easy for five to turn into 10. Um, and you know, I think, yeah, a, there's a This was a pretty reasonable group of respondents on this uh, survey. You know, 56% said they would never put him on the hot seat. I mean, the guy's been to more Final Fours, won more games, been to more Elite Eights, uh, and been to as many national championship games as any coach in
1: college basketball over the last 11 years. Um, but – Something he uh, reminded me of when I asked him a similar question yeah. about that on Media Day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, he did. He did. He, he went on the. He went on the. It was the, Was that the Q and A with Eric? Like Eric, how many have we done? Yes. This? And, yeah. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. How many have we done that? Um, but yeah, interesting uh, that there were 19 voters out of the 500 who said that if they don't get to the final four this season, he's on the hot seat. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that's a very small number, but um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, a couple more years. I think once he gets into that three, four years from now, if he hasn't gone to a Final Four, you know, that's. Uh, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna hear more noise. I still, he's got a lifetime contract. I mean he's he's been to four Final Fours in his tenure here. Um, that. I don't know that he's ever really going to be on the hot seat, but I think some fans will feel like, you know, what's the deal here? You know, why aren't we getting to a – and I think I, – I do think internally that not going P.J.'s second year, uh, year before last, year before this past season, when they lost to Auburn in the Elite Eight, when they had, you know, had Auburn yeah. down by double digits. You know, Auburn was, was this huge underdog with, you know, Chuma Okike was was out Um, you know, they're missing their best player. You're up big on them. You've beaten them twice during the season. You've blown them out once. That was one that really stung Cal and the staff because they knew that was a team that was one good enough to win it all. But certainly that that was a team that should have gone to a final four. Um, and then you don't have this, you know, even if you just go to the final four and lose, uh, you don't you don't have this hanging over to you that you have you know you have this long gap or you have a potentially long gap building since you've been to one. I think that and then when, then not finishing off 2015 is the other piece yeah. of it. And that you know that may change everything. You know, do you, if you, I would say too, that's an interesting thing in the poll question about it was open ended. We let people write in whatever they wanted, and they could. Some people wrote like whole sentences. You know, what was what would you change? About Kentucky basketball, fewer one and dones less roster turnover was really popular. Um, but another one that had several responses was beat Wisconsin in 2015. Um, yeah, and you know I think a lot of people understand like if you finish that off and you're able to beat you, you still have to beat Duke. But I think they were they were just better situated to beat Duke. That was a similar team that wasn't probably wasn't as good, but but built similarly compared to Wisconsin was a team that was just a perfect team to give them, you know, all that they wanted. They did it the year Mm -hmm. before.
1: Um,
0: Went down to the final shot. But if you finish that off and you go 40-0 and and you make history, you know, you are the hit school for the foreseeable future. You know, like, that's even cooler than John Wall and and DeMarcus Cousins. That's even cooler than Anthony Davis winning the title in 2012. If if in 2015 you run the table – and you did this right. crazy platoon. You got your 10 deep, you know, you get all these guys drafted and you you go undefeated and win a title, Cal's second title. Then he's the king of college basketball. He's the, he remains the king of the one and done era because what happened was then Shashevsky wins that title and he does it with three freshmen in the starting lineup and they all yep. go one and done. And then Duke becomes the it school for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that change the whole trajectory of Kentucky? since 2015 right. and a lot of people wrote like you know and, and when i tweeted about how i was intre- interested in so many responses about beating wisconsin uh regarding this poll some people said like it's more than one person said you know kentucky basketball has never felt the same to me again since that loss um wow. you know and, and uh, it's one it's like what that one game where you go if they get that if they get that done one i'm not sure cal's even here anymore um because what's left to accomplish i mean that's one thing people forget is like yes it could have kept them at the top of the mountain and it just keeps going and going and going but if cal wins a second title and he's been to three national championship games in the last four years with two titles an undefeated season you know it would have been his third you know because he had already he already had wall and davis and he was about to have towns go number one you you go undefeated win a second title, have a third number one pick. I mean, do you re- yeah. is there really anything left to prove in college at that point? Does Cal just bounce? Because he got also got into the Hall of Fame that year. Right. So, like, I remember sitting in the press conference. He, like, loses. He stays in Indianapolis and has this press conference because he's announced he just made it into the Hall of Fame. If Cal Crazy. walks off with an undefeated yeah. season national title number one pick and gets into the Hall of Fame... In 2015 that's all great for the program but i'm not sure he stays after that so i don't know a lot, a lot to think about there
1: well and the expectation is is that there's a final four coming up in the next two years i mean because the next question in your poll when does uk uh when do you think uk will win a, another national championship 37 percent say in 2022 uh another 37 and percent say this coming season, if it's played, um, because of the the talent that's there, you add Olivier Sar uh, as eligible, and then uh, there's no reason not to uh, for nationally for everyone to look at right. Kentucky as one of the favorites.
0: Yeah, almost three fourths of the people who responded out of 500 <laughs> said in the next two years they're going to win a national title. That, I was a little surprised by that. You know, that's a lot of confidence.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, fan attendance, um, you know, I, it, it seems, it seems about right that, you know, people have seen one to five games because, um, those tickets are hard to come by and uh, a lot of them are season tickets. Um, maybe it's a reflection on, um, your readership that they are, uh, uh not as many just live in Lexington or, you know, just able to get up and go anytime they want.
0: Yeah. uh, A lot of people responded in the comments and um, on Twitter about that. Also some people kind of, the one complaint I had about it was that I didn't, I didn't have an option for zero (laughs) that, you know, didn't, that you didn't attend any games. And one, there was a bunch of people saying, yeah, I'm, I'm out of state, you know, and There were some that that was another thing that was on the if you could change anything um, uh, about Kentucky basketball schedule, you know, home scheduling. I think I also had a poll question about were you happy with basketball scheduling and and there are a fair number of people who are not. Um, I think that's a factor, too, um, in that people aren't going to come in for these non-conference home games that are. Uh, or pay big money on the secondary market to go to these non-conference home games when they don't have as many name opponents. I do think Kentucky's trying to address that. I mean, we know that they, um, added Notre Dame and they tried their, you know, they have a series coming with Michigan. Um, but clearly some people still feel like, you know, give us some, give us better games. Um, right and then i just think there's there's a whole, whole whole idea of how difficult it is to go to games when you take into account the entire cost uh you know if you don't live in lexington for one you've got travel costs and then you've got uh parking costs and then the tickets are very expensive and then concessions um you know and and if you try to sit down low I, you know i bought my uh my dad and sister a ticket when they came to visit me this past season And I wanted to get them really good seats. And it was like, I just, I didn't even remember what game it was. It wasn't, I don't think it was a huge matchup, Um, but it was outrageous. I mean, to get them into the lower bowl, it was insane on the secondary market. And I just think people now, the the viewing options are so good uh, and that money's good. You know, you don't, I don't think you'd trade the money of these TV deals, but when every game is on the SEC network, you know, at, at worst, if not on national television, uh, a lot of people just prefer to sit sit at home with their big screen TV in the comfort of their chair and drink the alcohol that they can't drink at the uh, you know at UK sporting events right now. Uh, right. Eat their own food. It's just uh, it'll forever be a battle, I think. And we know we know that attendance is is down. I mean, they they even took the pretty remarkable step of downsizing the capacity at Rupp Arena with this uh, with the latest round of renovations. Uh, so yeah that those, those, those numbers didn't really surprise
1: me. All right. A few more questions that we'll answer one, the checkerboard pattern. How does everybody feel about that? We've heard it for years now. Uh, What, what are the 500 people who answered this survey feel about that? And then also all time favorite UK football and basketball players and greatest football and basketball wins. When we return here on Locked on Kentucky.
0: This is Locked on Kentucky. Your team every day.
1: All right, we're back here on Lockdown, Kentucky and the checkerboard pattern, I can remember when that was unveiled. I went out to Keeneland for the for the press conference. They like put the basketball uniforms on mannequins. Uh, Penny Shinnery, the owner of Secretariat, was there. And that's what it was all about. It was about honoring Secretariat with the checkerboard pattern. And I thought it was kind of cool that across the waistband, they were uh, putting in The year of the national championships which at that time was seven for for each uh checkerboard for each checker in the checkerboard pattern on the waistband like at the front of the waistband of the shorts Uh, and then it has evolved into much more prominent on the uniform and we've heard it complained about on you know sports radio talk shows around kentucky and in the media plenty and here you have four hundred and ninety six responses to the question of the checkerboard pattern on u k s uniform should be prominent be minimized be removed completely
0: yeah and eighty nine point one percent of the people said either removed completely or minimized um <laughs> i mean ninety almost ninety percent um you know and eleven percent uh said be prominent, so that's uh you know there are a few people out there uh, who liked the thing about 50 people, uh, actually like it, you know, all up the sides. But as you said, the, I, I think the original idea wasn't bad at all because it was, it was kept just on that belt, you know, and, and just a portion of the belt, just the front part of the belt, there were eight squares, right. blue and white yeah. squares. And there were seven national championships for the program at the time. They left the eighth empty. Um, yeah. and once, I guess what happened is once they won that eighth national championship in 2012. And so it was filled which sort of completed that whole that whole uh, concept. They thought, well, we can't do that anymore. Although I think they could have. I actually think it works great to leave it on the belt. Um, yeah. With, with the years of all eight national championships completely filled in. Um, but once they'd done that, once they'd won that title, it began to creep up the sides of the jerseys, then down the sides of the shorts, and now it's uh, it is so prominent on the uniforms that it makes people insane. I think it. I believe it was maybe 2015 that that all, or after 2015 that that really sort of the checkerboard really took over. Um, yeah, you know, and there's I think there's a lot of reasons. I think people feel like it's it's not really a Kentucky thing. There's the the whole Tennessee um, right sort of hang up. You know, obviously Kentucky fans hate Tennessee. They hate everything about Tennessee, and that you know the checkerboard end zone is such a Tennessee thing um that it's like what are we trying to do here are we trying to be (laughs) you know are we trying to be um tennessee they've had it you know they've had it on the floor they've had it on the field um uh, for football and i think people and it's on a bunch of different uniforms it's not just kentucky men's basketball but people just go crazy about it so i I mean to me if you're mitch barnhart at this point you you've heard loud and clear (laughs) and i've actually met with them i've I'm hoping to write something about uniforms at some point down the road, and I've actually met with the administration about it, and I think they are very aware that um, the checkerboards are not super popular. They're not going away, as what I understand. They're not going to go away, but I do think they'll be minimized in the next incarnation of UK basketball. Uh, jerseys they're due for an upgrade like a, the, a new permanent uniform i think next year um, with nike in that contract and i would guess that the, that feedback will have been heard loud and clear um i think if you put it back on the belt it, it's fine i don't yeah. i don't know how many people would complain i'm not sure how many no. people even really noticed uh when it was on the belt but uh, yeah. all up the sides not a
1: great idea no, and then now it's even become this thing where it's the the common fan versus the administration, where they're just going to do what they do, like the refusal to to bring back the Power K for anything in football. But uh, yeah, let's so move I, on and I mean, wrap up this. I, I would I would
0: say the Power K, it's a totally different thing, but I love that thing. I think it looks great. I think it's classic. Yeah. You know, it's got the um, it just feels simple. You know, all these other all these modern logos try so hard and this yes. is just a really yes. simple thing and and people like throwback gear i don't i really can't understand when you know that you have this fan base and like every fan base really if you say this is a throwback and we're doing a throwback this or that and we're gonna sell we're gonna put it on our players but we're also gonna sell it to you that stuff goes like crazy you know in the yeah. team shop um so i i don't i don't really see the the logic in not doing it
1: and it's distinct no one else has it like you can't confuse that particular k the way it looks with any other athletic program. Whereas the current logo of UK can be confused with Houston. If you don't have your glasses on.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure. And (laughs) Buffalo even.
1: (laughs) All right. So um, let's finish this up with um, a couple of the questions about all time greatest. So who, who is your favorite UK men's basketball player? And the majority said Jamal Mashburn. Uh, Then Tayshaun Prince closely behind Anthony Davis. Chuck Hayes John Wall uh, and you were surprised by Chuck Hayes I can remember when Chuck Hayes played here he was such a fan favorite because of his like his workman mentality just yeah. he just went to work and got it done and brought his lunch pail and wasn't flashy and was just well liked all the way around gentleman um and that, a lot of people that was back the, when he, people got to he, know the players over like 4 years
0: yeah, I think there's that. And a lot of people responded to me on Twitter about that, saying, you know, a part of it was they could, they felt like they could sense how much he, it mattered to him to play for Kentucky. And they, yeah. th- I think this fan base really cares about that. If you demonstrate that it really matters to you to wear that Kentucky jersey, then, then they love you for it. But yeah, um, Mashburn, um, some people told me they were surprised by Mashburn, but I'm not really not because he was the first like big time guy to give Kentucky a chance yeah. after probation. He bet on Rick Patino and you know got him back into the Final Four. Uh so that was not that part wasn't a huge surprise to me.
1: And then football, Randall Cobb, uh also no surprise there. The number one uh by th- more than thirty uh votes over Tim Couch.
0: Yep, and then Jared Lorenzen, Benny Snell, uh, and Lynn Bowden. So that also yeah. that's that also speaks to what you know, some part of what Stoops has done. Two two guys that have just Finished in the last couple of years, here um, are already all-time favorites in the top five of all-time favorite players for a big chunk of this fan base. So um, that was uh, the, the Cobb. Thing, I definitely would have bet on Randall Cobb if I was picking, I, and I probably would have said Tim Couch number two. Um, and for a certain generation, it probably is Couch because he was, you know, he 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 let kentucky you know long suffering kentucky football fans feel like yeah. we have like a superstar and we have the guy who can go toe to toe with Peyton manning in a shootout um right and he was the number 1 pick which you know may not ever happen again
1: <laughs> right and then football uh, you also would have bet on uh lsu 2007 went over number 1 ranked lsu an eventual national champion as the greatest football win
0: Yes, in a, in a major, I think, major uh, landslide. Uh, yes, by like hundreds, one uh, 120 yeah. votes, that one won. Over the Florida win, number two was finally ending the Florida streak here a couple years ago. Basketball, uh, no surprise that uh, the revenge uh, Elite Eight game in 98, coming back to beat Duke, uh, won by a pretty wide margin as well. The other one we didn't – we I don't know what they were going to cover, but I would mention – that I thought was really interesting was uh who do you think will eventually replace Cal Perry? And, oh yeah, uh, Kenny Payne and Chris Beard at Texas Tech, basically being neck and neck, was really interesting because I think I think Kenny five years ago even wouldn't have been on that list, but he's really made a move in sort of the hearts of Kentucky fans as a guy that they feel like yeah, I think the program would be in good
1: hands if Cal left and and he just sort of took the reins. I was close to writing his name in, but I'm, I'm more. I thought about it. I'm just like. I really, I mean, there's so many factors that go into this. I really just can't answer this with, with any confidence that, uh, that my answer will mean anything. So, yeah, it really matters but, but, with like
0: when and how Calipari leaves,
1: I think is a big part yeah. of it. Well, that'll wrap it up for this edition of Locked on Kentucky. And uh, we'll be back with another one. Uh, meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. And now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you uh, again this week.
0: You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.